Movie Journey Podcast, where not only do we watch and react to movies from the IMDb Top 250, but we also do it for films not in the Top 250, and, well, this one's a little bit of a grey area this week. Why? Why, Hendo? Tell me. Uh, well, let's just get to the introduction. <laughs> Everyone, here's Dean. Dean's back. Dean's Hello. here, sort of trying to jump I'm in. I'm back. I never went anywhere, Hendo. He's back. Back. In park form. <laughs> No, uh, this is, a, I guess it's a, um, what do you call it, a, a, not an emergency broadcast, but it's like a, 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 an off-the-books off the episode. I don't know what episode's coming up on the on the main feed, but today we are doing 2022's The Batman because it just got released recently on home media, so we had on to what? get onto that. Did you just say on home, home media? media? Is that what it's called when they what release it, it to streaming? Streaming services? Yeah, yeah. okay, we'll call it that. Yeah. Home media it could also mean discs, Blu-ray, all that sort of shit. Yeah, okay, yeah. I just put my disc in. Yeah, it's it's irritating that I can't watch my TV in 4Ks while we record. Not going to lie. Yeah, you, you'll live. Don't worry. You'll be fine. I will. Now, I do say it's a grey area for the top 250 because... Why? Give me the update. We're going to do a quick little update on a couple of 2022 films here, Dean. A couple. Because... A new film has debuted into the list. Oh, God. It is not a strange film, is it? It is the 2022 film, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Oh, okay. Have you heard of this film, Dean? Yeah, I have heard of it. I have no idea what it's about, but everyone says we should see it. It is getting crazy good reviews, like mind-boggling reviews. Mm. The posters, um, got a lot going on. I saw a trailer for it a long time ago. Before it got like this huge hype. It definitely looks like a bit of a mind melt of a film. Is it in English? I think it is. Okay. At least from what I remember from the trailer. All I know is that it stars Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. No, I mean, you said you've seen the trailer, so you know more than that. It is in the list at number 55. That's high. It is high. For a non-sequel universe film, that's super Mm -hmm. high. Yeah, it's doing very good at the box office as well for exactly what you said. What do you call it? Um, An original? Yeah, we'll just go original. (laughs) An original film. A unique. But in saying that, let's talk about another 2022 film, Dean. The Batman is out of the list now. What? Is it really? It is out of the list. That is why this is not a top 250 episode. Wow. But it was in the list? It was in the list. How high did it get? Up until very, very recently. How high did it get? We'll get to that in the list. How high did it get? We'll talk about that in the trivia. We're going to go watch the film first, all right? We're going to react to it, and we're going to come back and review this movie, okay? Sounds good. Now, as always, we have the full-length reaction and our audio commentary over on our Patreon at patreon.com slash themoviejourney. Massive shout-out to all the patrons for your love and support. If you are interested in watching the edited-down version of our video reaction, that is over at youtube.com slash themoviejourney. Plenty of ways to uh, check out more content from us as we go along this journey here. Hey, Dean? So, so many, Hendo, as always for us. You know what we do. Yeah, we, we do us and you listen to us or you I watch us. And do, hopefully, do, hopefully you do. enjoy it. All right, we're going to go watch The Batman and we'll come back with our review. All right, Dean, we just finished watching The Batman. Yes, we did, Hendo. Yes, we did, Brett. What what a film, eh, Hendo? Wouldn't it be uh, for you, yes, you did, bread? Um, I'm just trying to think. What was the, I don't think um, bread. No, I don't think Brad. Brad. Didn't you think it was Brad? (laughs) Can you not get that call back? You thought it was bread. Yeah, I know it's... No, I know it's bread. I'm trying to remember the quote. Do you remember it? No, no, I'm pretty sure it was just because you thought... They were, yeah, they were refer- you thought they were talking about bread. The bread roll he just ate. No, because you thought he was eating a because he was eating a burger. He was yeah. talking about bread. Bread. Yeah, uh, what, what, what was the quote what? though? Oh man, I can't believe we had to look that up. It's uh it was check out the big brain on bread. Check out the big brain on bread. 
Because he's eating Because he's bread, so smart about his knowledge of burgers. You're such a flog. That is not a flog line. It is. Oh, it is. It's You're the only one who doesn't think it is. You got so much shit for that. I still don't know what you th- check on the check out the big brain on what Brad. I thought he said. I thought his name was Brad. Then I realized it was Brett. It's Brett. Yeah, but I thought he was saying Brad, and you thought he was saying bread. You dickhead. Listen, I will concede he is either saying bread or Brad, and since his name is Brett. Obviously, he's saying bread. Check out the big brain on bread. Ah, that's terrible. That's how he said it. Anyway, can we get back anyway, to <laughs> Batman? Yeah, let's get to the Batman. All right, we got some trivia here. Let's have a look. All right, Batman released in 2022, starring Robert Pattinson, Zoe Kravitz, Paul Dano, Jeffrey Wright, John Turturro, Peter Sarsgaard, Andy Serkis, and Colin Farrell. Directed by Matt Reeves. Do you know who Matt Reeves is, Dean? I do. He's an apish sort of bloke, most known Ooh. for doing the Planet of the Apes trilogy. The new one, not the um one in the 60s, 70s, which wasn't yeah, a trilogy. How many of them are there? Six? I did watch them once. Yeah, Ooh. I'm pretty sure there's tons. I've only seen that first one. You went on a Planet of the Apes binge, didn't you? I did. They're really bad. <laughs> I just couldn't stop myself. Like You just want to know, like how do they keep this series going? Well, you watched it and you learned. Matt Reeves also directed Cloverfield and the remake of Let the Right One In, which is Let Me In. Have you seen that remake? Yes, it was good. Have you? No, I have not. That's all he's done? Those are the key movies that you would know. Sounds good. All right, cinematography by Greg Frazier. We spoke about Greg Frazier not too long ago uh, for his cinematography work on Dune, which at that point when we did it, he had not won the Oscar for Best Cinematography, and now he has. So good on him. And in a year or so, he will be two-time Oscar winner, Fraser, whatever his name is. Greg Fraser? Is that what you said? Was it Brad Fraser? (laughs) Brad Fraser. (laughs) You don't think he would win cinematography for this film? Well, that's why I said in a year it'll be two-time winner. You said a year or two. I thought you meant for Dune 2. No, no. He'll he'll have three in a couple of years. Okay, there you go. All right, music by Michael Giacchino. We've definitely spoken about him a couple of times. I'm not going to go through his entire filmography because it's a lot. There's a lot of uh, Pixar on there. He does have one Academy Award nomination for Ratatouille, and he has won one Academy Award for Up. Has he done, like, other than Pixar, does he have other big movies, like, well-known ones? Just off the top of your head. You're going to make me look it up, aren't you? No, just off the top of your head. Just say no. Now, the way you said that... You've made me need to look. You've had to make me look him up. I'm just, I've just, the only reason I bring it up is because it's like you go from Disney Pixar, you know, scores to the Batman. There's, it's quite a difference. Look, I'll tell you what, a little bit behind the curtain here. We normally, when I look up cinematographers and composers and that, I, I jot down some of their movies. And now normally, like, I, I would look up their list and do it. This one here, I just wrote, just go look at his filmography because there's so many. But now I'm like, no, I wasn't going to do it. And now you're like, no, but I just want to, you know, can you go look his filmography up for me? Like, fine. I mean, you don't have to. No, no, I heard it loud and clear. All right, let's go through it from the earliest to the latest. Let's look no, at the we Incredibles. Don't need to do this. <laughs> Mission Impossible 3. Okay. Uh, nice. Cloverfield, Star yep. Trek. Let me in. He's got a lot of Matt Reeves films here. Super 8, 50-50, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Star Trek Into Darkness. He did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, Jurassic World, Inside Out, Zootopia. He did all three of the Star Trek films. He did Doctor Strange. He did Rogue One, a Star Wars story. So we'll be talking about him again soon. Nice. Spider-Man Homecoming, War for the Planet of the Apes, Coco, Incredibles 2, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. This is very Spider-Man unnecessary. Far From Home, Jojo Rabbit. What else did he do? No Way Home, The Batman. He's doing Jurassic World later this year, as well as Lightyear and Thor Love and Thunder. He's doing those, He's doing four films this year, Those all those humongous films. Must be a pretty easy job then. Oh, yeah. He, may, he makes it look easy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you seen Super 8? 
Yeah, yeah. Is that about? Is that with the kids who are filming the movie and yep. the, the train crash? Yeah, yeah. I watched oh. that a couple of years ago. Oh, then I've seen it. Is yeah, that that? That's got Elle Fanning in it. Okay. Yeah, I think I've seen it. Yeah. If yeah. you'd asked me, I would have said no. <laughs> but <laughs> I think that's the one. You describing that? They're at night and they're at a train station, and then they actually catch something on film. Like something yeah. happens, like an alien. Is it? I think so. I can't remember it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have seen that. Good movie. Yeah. Memorable. All right. Let's look at some trivia here. When Ben Affleck was set to star and direct, the villain of the film would have been Deathstroke, played by Joe Manganiello. Yeah. And the screenplay would have prominently featured Arkham Asylum. Ah, oh, stop it. <laughs> oh, man. I'm surprised you haven't frothed already so much. Get over into my veins. <laughs> Matt Reeves had actually enjoyed the original script that Ben Affleck had been preparing, comparing it to a James Bond film. Oh, yeah, there you go. What? I'll join you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. However, he he opted not to use it as he wanted to make a more noir, noir. detective-driven story and bring his own completely new version to life. Okay, fair enough. I am saddened that we did not get a Ben Affleck-directed film with Deathstroke as the villain. I think that would have been great. It's not going to happen anymore. No, I know. I know. Ben Affleck's all... Dreams washed away. Yeah. Principal photography began on January 27, 2020 in London, England and was put on hold on March 13th, 2020 due to COVID-19. After a five-month hiatus, shooting began again in late August of the same year. Then after just two days, Hendo, filming was again suspended after Mr. Robert Pattinson tested positive for COVID. How unlucky would you be? Two days into it. It's like, all right, pack it up. We're doing it. We're off again. They finally wrapped on March 21, 2021, 14 months after they first begun principal photography. I mean, I do remember seeing that uh, that still shot of uh, of him on the motorbike. I, I I mean, it was probably a stunt double, no? I think it was. He was, he was pretty bulky. Yeah, he was, he was quite large. There. It looked kind of off as well. I remember I didn't love those photos of him on the motorbike. I thought it looked a bit off, so... Thankfully, the movie did not look off, though. Did you get hyped up when the trailer came out? Yeah, yeah, massively. Watched it Because you're, times. you're very well known to not watch any trailers yeah, whatsoever. I know. I c- you, couldn't, you couldn't help I, yourself with this one? I couldn't not watch the Batman trailer. Come on. Yeah. Look right. Each trailer was great. I think there was three trailers. They were all lovely. Oh, you watched multiple trailers? Multiple trailers, yeah. Couldn't help myself. <laughs> one was not enough. All right, with 176 minutes, this film is the longest Batman film to be premiered and the second longest comic book movie theatrically released behind Avengers Endgame at 181 minutes. The film's runtime of 2 hours and 56 minutes, 12 minutes longer than The Dark Knight Rises. I'm not going through all these numbers. No, do it. Keep going, keep going, keep going. All right. There's a reason two I hours, kept it in. No, minutes. you don't. You don't need to say that. But twelve minutes longer than the Dark Knight Rises. I, okay, I see what you're doing here. Yeah, which in turn is twelve minutes longer than the Dark Knight. What? Which again is twelve minutes longer than Batman Begins. <laughs> Mind blown. There's no way that's coincidence. I can't wait for the Batman Two, whatever it's going to be called, being twelve minutes longer again. We're like yes. 188 minutes. Yeah, we're going to tick over that three-hour mark. Let's do it. Matt Reeves cites the Batman comics Batman Ego, Batman Year One, and Batman The Long Halloween as the main influences on the film. Funnily enough, Jeff Loeb, who wrote The Long Halloween, was one of Reeves' screenwriting teachers when he was at USC. Funnily enough indeed, Hendo. (laughs) Now, I must say, I am a... Massive fan of The Long Halloween. Could be my favourite comic. Year One's fantastic as well. I have not read Batman Ego, though. And I was quite disappointed when I was reading the trivia. And I was like, oh, what kind of Batman fan 
would I be <laughs> not to have read Batman Ego? Is the Long Halloween was that just did that just come out as an animated feature? Yeah, two parters. Did you watch it? I did not. Did you? Did you just ask me that? Yes, I definitely I mean, I'm watched sure it. I'm sure there's some DC comic movies you haven't seen. Yeah, but I mean, come on. I just said it was one of my favourite graphic novels, as if I wouldn't watch did it. Did you like it? Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. Director Matt Reeves wrote the script with Robert Pattinson in mind, not even knowing if he would ever want to be in the movie. After watching Pattinson's stellar performance in the magnificent film <laughs> Good Time... I don't think it says that, Hendo. <laughs> ...and becoming captivated by him, Reeves started to imagine Pattinson in the role at a certain point as he was writing. All right, that makes sense because that film is glorious. Yeah, you may as well do the next one as well, Hendo. Okay, in case that Robert Pattinson wasn't interested in the role or it didn't work out, the studio looked at Nicholas Holt for the role of Bruce Wayne and Ooh, Batman. What do you think of that, Hendo? Uh, no. No? I don't, I don't think so. Mm. I, don't th- I don't think he is as good of an actor as Pattinson is. I mean, I don't either. Did you ever watch the one when he was a kid about a boy? No, I I learnt of Nicholas Holt through his TV show Skins. Ah, yeah. I I I don't think he was on my radar till X Men First Class. Yeah. Robert Pattinson's audition took place while he was in rehearsals for shooting Tenet in Los Angeles in May of nineteen. Pattinson had to lie to Nolan about it, but Nolan, who was no stranger to Batman, obviously, and Warner Brothers, immediately figured it out. Pattinson said. I said I had a family emergency. As soon as I said it, he goes, you're not doing the Batman audition, aren't you? When Pattinson told him that he got the role of Batman, before Tenet started filming, he was surprised that Nolan also knew this and congratulated him. Although Pattinson hadn't told anybody about it yet. I bet Nolan was just, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew. I knew. I knew you got it. Yeah. Who do you think you're talking to? I'm Christopher Nolan. Have you seen The Dark Knight? Come on. <laughs> Robert Pattinson's Bruce Wayne is partially inspired by Kurt Cobain. Underneath okay. the bridge. Matt Reeves was listening to Nirvana when he wrote the first act with Pattinson in mind. That's when it came to me that rather than make Bruce Wayne the Playboy version we've seen before, there's another version who had gone through a great tragedy and became a recluse. Kurt Cobain had a relationship with fame where being famous was not his goal. He loved music, but the idea of being famous for music was a double-edged sword for him. And that made me think of Robert Pattinson, actually. I felt that this rock star vibe suited him well. And after all, he became a pop culture icon at a very young age and had to carry that burden too and extricate himself from it to become the actor he is today. That's very on point there for Robert Pattinson with the whole Twilight and Harry Potter stigma over over him. No, not even Harry Potter. Like no one knew about Robert Pattinson and Harry Potter until Twilight. They all saw Twilight and they went back and realized he was in that, and they all freaked <laughs> out and lost their mind. Man, it's so funny. You think of Robert Pattinson and uh, is it Kirsten Stewart? And how much Kristen Stewart? Kristen, I I've never remembered anyone named Kirsten or Kristen. They're they're just the same. I think I had a girlfriend in grade four that had one of those names. And I don't know which one. Very memorable girlfriend. It was a pretty serious relationship, not going to lie. <laughs> yeah, but both of those people, after doing this enormously cult series of films, they've gone completely the other direction. As they wanted to, as they should have. Like They are both very, very solid actors and they just needed to... That was the start of their career. They got their massive paychecks for it. They got their name out there and they deviated away from that eventually. They, they Name someone else who's done that recently. Very recently. Well, not very recently, but name someone else who's done that. I, I guess Jennifer Lawrence. Mm, I mean, she started in Winter's Bone and stuff. No, I'd say uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Very similar. Yeah. 
okay. I mean, to be fair, Kristen Stewart starred in Panic Room before she did Twilight. Yeah, but no one knew who she was until they saw Twilight and they were like, oh my God, it's that girl from Panic Room. I don't Room. think anyone knew who Jennifer Lawrence was in Winter's Bone. I did. She got nominated for an Oscar. People knew her. Come on, Hendo. You're better than this. Uh, I think she got bigger when she won for Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, yeah. I mean, hot take. Yes. She got bigger when she yes. won the Oscar. Um, The last two punches in the train station scene where the victim is already unconscious and the Batman says, I'm vengeance, were Robert Pattinson's idea and improvised. I wanted to say it as the guy is losing consciousness, so it goes into his dreams. I really wanted his future to be really, really damaged. Yikes. Hmm. Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson received the same advice from the predecessors of their respective roles in Michelle Pfeiffer and Christian Bale. Make sure you can go to the bathroom while in costume. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Do you love all the trivia I got here? You can tell Dean's just done the extra work here for this movie. He's like, I'm going to get like triple the trivia here. Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz were friends for about a decade before being cast in this film. Matt Reeves said, because of that, the two already had great chemistry and a natural connection right from the beginning of the shoot. Pattinson and Kravitz appeared very on in Reeves' head as he was writing the screenplay, as previously mentioned. Several times in this. This is clearly the copy and paste trivia right here. Bonus trivia, Zoe Kravis had previously voiced the character of Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie, Endo. Oh, very good. There you go. So that's probably like role prepared. Act- actual trivia, like who voiced Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie? This is the first version of Batman to directly address the black eye makeup under his cowl. Yeah, in it previous is. previous versions on film, the makeup just disappeared when Bruce took the mask off, most notably in Batman Returns. <laughs> So uncivilized. Matt Reeves said, I just love the idea of taking off the mask. And under that, there's the sweating and the dripping and the whole theatricality of becoming this character. I like it. It was good. Yeah, it was very good. Good movie. Matt Reeves said about the Batmobile, I like the idea of the car itself as a horror figure, making an animalistic appearance to really scare the hell out of the people Batman's pursuing. There is absolutely a horror genre aspect to this movie, says the director. Yes, of course. The Batmobile in this film is a customized muscle car, which Bruce built himself. This draws influence from the TV series Batman the Movie, where a Lincoln Futura was modified into the Batmobile. Another influence were the 1970s Batman comics by Neil Adams, where the Batmobile was a fairly normal-looking car that Batman drove for stealth purposes. Would you say this is the most normal-looking Bat car out of all the movies? I mean, yeah, for sure. I mean, you could... Get around driving this thing and it wouldn't be insane. Whereas all the others yeah. are like, I mean, think of the one the, in Batman the qu- Forever. The quadrilogy. <laughs> yeah, the, the, qu- the quadrilogy Batmans are just, they, they are so iconic. They, 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 the, way that, the way that car looks. And then you go to the, the Nolan ones and it's a huge, massive tumbler. So, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Jonah Hill was approached for the role of Penguin, but turned down the offer due to disagreements over the character. It was also rumoured that Hill wanted to portray the Riddler instead. I did hear this a, a few times. Jonah Hill was very much attached to this. I think I remember after The Dark Knight Rises, maybe it was actually after The Dark Knight when they were talking about the Riddler coming into the next film, they were thinking of getting Johnny Depp into the role of yeah. the Riddler. Yeah, I remember that. Colin Farrell wears makeup. What? Oh, God, that's- <laughs> no! <laughs> I was going to say, Colin Farrell put on a lot of weight and busted his own face up. <sighs> he wears makeup and a fat suit for his role of the Penguin. The facial prosthetics were composed of six distinct pieces. In order to ensure there was no visible seams, crew members would shine harsh flashlights in his face before approving him to go to set. Tough gig. 
Colin Farrell stated he went to Starbucks to try out his prosthetics and make up for the penguin for the first time. Nobody recognised him despite getting a few stares from people. No one would recognise him. Colin Farrell pitched the idea of chomping on cigars in some of his scenes, as seen with other iterations of the penguin. However, the studio turned down this idea, citing that children would potentially be watching the movie. Yeah. That's the reason what what did you what? did you know this one already? I'd heard about this. He he wanted he really wanted to be chewing cigars, a la like classic penguin, and this studio wouldn't let him. They're like, no. Nah. Because children will be watching the movie. Yeah. There's so much other stuff in this he movie. Can beat up people is- left, right, and center. Yeah. But God forbid he puts a cigar in his mouth. Wow, that is ridiculous. Paul Dano dropped out from the role of George Burbank in The Power of the Dog to star in this film. Now, Hendo, you're a mega Power of the Dog fan. Could you please refresh my memory? Who is George Burbank? I believe that was the Jesse Plemons role. Oh, really? Yes. Ah, well, there you go. How do you think he would go in that? No, I like Plemons. Yeah. Would that have mean that Plemons would have been the Riddler? Yes. Yes, it would. Yes, <laughs> just, that's exactly, exactly what would happen. Sorry, that was such a silly question. It took me a while to comprehend. Riddler begins his video saying, this is the Riddler speaking. Probably says it a bit better than what I did. This is a reference to the Zodiac Killer who had a similar greeting in messages sent to the police. The Zodiac is also said to be the inspiration for Riddler by director Matt Reeves. <laughs> <laughs> a few of these trivia bits I've like cut and pasted like together. God, I was all over this thing. In Wayne Manor, there is a pedestal with a William Shakespeare bust on top. This is a reference to the original Batman series where a similar Shakespeare bust was used as a device to trigger the opening to the Batcave. At one point in the movie, Falcone refers to the Batman as Zorro. In many versions of Batman's origins, the Wayne family was leaving a theatre showing of Zorro when they were murdered. Zorro was acknowledged by Bob Kane and Bill Finger as one of the main influences for Batman. Yeah. I can definitely say that. Yeah. Yeah. Vigilante, mast, etc. Jay Lycurgo, Lycurgo, Lichido, Lichido, who plays a hesitant member in the train gang, also plays Tim Drake, the third Robin in DC's Titans. Hendo, have you seen DC's Titans? No. Have you? No, I haven't. I don't know why. What? Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. It's like rated MA. DC's Titans. It's like an MA rated one as well. It's got red hood in it. It says it? DC at the start of it. I know. You haven't seen it. I <laughs> know. <gasps> oh, i got to bring the tissues. The four-note musical theme, also called The Batman, is composed Original. of the first four notes of John Williams' famous The Imperial March. Cool. That's a good piece of trivia. Do you know The Imperial March? Isn't that... Yes, it is. Well done. So the first four notes would have been... a. Well yep. done. You can count to four. Thank you. With this film, composer Michael Giacchino joins Danny Elfman, Hans Zimmer, and Lorne Balf. One of these is not like the others. As composers who have composed for both the Batman franchise and the Mission Impossible franchise. All of these composers, with the exception of Balf, have composed Spider-Man films as well. There you cool. go. Next. Yep. Why are you so anti-trivia today, Hendo? Fuck We've you. You do it next time. This is a lot. This is more than I usually do. The news reporter that the Riddler references and who Thomas Wayne is accused of ordering the death of has the last name Elliot. Thomas Elliot in the comics becomes the killer known as Hush, Hush. whose father was unable to be saved by Dr. Thomas Wayne. The movie even has the word Hush Hush. over a picture of Elliot when talking about the Hush money he refused from Thomas Wayne, possibly hinting at his son appearing in the future to exact revenge on Bruce for the sins of his father. 
Oh, yeah. I reckon we're getting that, Hush. Does it pump you all up? Yeah, I'd love to see Hush. Did you see the, the, the Hush comic, the, the DC animated Batman Hush? Yeah. Did you like that one? Get out. <laughs> did you not? I don't think I did. You didn't like I did. it? I don't think you did either, honestly. Well, the novel's great. It's not all about the, the films and cartoons, Hendo. Sometimes it pays to read a book. Sure. Uh, in order to avoid spoiling his mega role as the Joker, Barry Keoghan filmed fake... Kean. Such a knobhead. Barry Kean filmed... Barry. Kean filmed fake scenes wearing an officer uniform outside the mayor's funeral, as you would say. Photos of him filming these fake scenes leaked, seemingly confirming his role as Officer Stanley Merkin. Or Merkel. Merkel. Yeah. Read your own trivia. In the climax, a struggling nice. Batman injects himself with a green drug that gets him back on his feet, but briefly drives him berserk. It looks a lot like Bane's venom. In the comics, Bruce briefly becomes addicted to the drug so he could better protect people before Bane was even introduced. I think it was uh, quite vague what they were showing us. It could have been kryptonite for all we know, because it was green. What are you doing, Hendo? I thought it was the ooze from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I thought you were going to say Power Rangers. No, that's purple. Okay. Close enough. <laughs> Three weeks after the film's release, Warner Brothers released a deleted scene online where the Batman visits the Joker in Arkham State Hospital. During the scene, Batman interrogates the Joker about who the identity of the Riddler possibly is. The scene was well received by me, and many people wondered why <laughs> the scene wasn't in the film. Director Matt Reeves stated that he deliberately left it out, obviously, because the scene tells the viewer exactly what motivation the Riddler is acting on. Thoughts, Hendo? Yeah, I watched it. It was good. I'm glad they kept it out. Me too. All right. Budget of 185 to $200 million and worldwide grossed $760 million. Good. That's yes, a win, yeah? Very good. That's definitely a win. In this economy? What about these scores, though, Dean? Rotten Tomatoes critics give this an 85%, saying a grim, gritty, and gripping super noir, the Batman ranks among the Dark Knight's bleakest and most thrillingly ambitious live-action outings. Rotten Tomatoes audience have it a little bit higher, 87% for the Batman there. Metacritic give it a 72. Letterboxd have it at 4.1. And currently on IMDb, it is down to 8.0. Formerly in the top 250. So if that's the case, let's take a look at the history of the Batman in the IMDb top 250 list. Debuting onto the list for the very first time on the 3rd of March, 2022, its highest rank it ever achieved was two days later at number 64. There you go, Dean. Number 64 was the highest it ever got. Nice. That's that's pretty strong. But since then, from early March to right now, it's just been gradually dropping like most new movies do, and it is now out of the list. Ah. Ah, indeed. But doesn't mean we can't talk about it, Dean. Yes. Let's, uh, let's get into it. Now, can you promise just not to, like, splooge and froth so much? What are you talking please? about? I didn't even like this film. <laughs> All right. Well, then let's get into the good, Dean. What, what are the good things? About this movie. All right. The good things about this movie. I think... Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot good with this film. Oh, really? Yeah. I think the tone is very, very strong. I like that it is ultra, ultra depressing and it's not some fun sort of romp. Not that DC is known for their fun romps, but I mean... is uh, You clearly didn't see 2016's Justice League then. You mean that five-star epic Justice League? Yes. <laughs> 2016, really? Man, we've been doing this for a while. Could have been 2017. Ah, that's right. Yeah, BVS was 2016, that's right. Okay, okay. I love how dark this film is. I think it is so accurate to the comic Batman 
Like, don't get me wrong. Nolan, Nolan's was... Nolan took the step from Batman and Robin that needed to be taken when he, when he, you know, made the Dark Knight trilogy. And that was a thoroughly realistic, grounded rendition of the Batman. This really has taken that realistic tone and just, okay, this guy would be damaged, right? He would, without the tattoo, he would be very, very cut up about his, his shit life. And, you know, let's see, let's see a different version of Bruce Wayne. And I thought, you know, a lot of a lot of people do complain about Bruce Wayne, but I think whilst it's frustrating because you watch a movie to you know ultimately you know, have an enjoyable time, I think it's it's tough with Bruce Wayne being the way he is. But I think it definitely is more realistic having him be having him struggle so much to actually fit into society at all. So yeah, I, I like the tone. What did you like about Hendo? Yeah, I'm not going to go on about how dark and brooding it is. You've you've said enough about that, which I completely agree with everything you've said so far about that. I liked it in a different spin from all the other previous Batman movies that we've seen. This is this is really a more of a detective murder mystery solving yeah. film. Yep. You got, I got strong seven vibes with this film, nonstop. Yeah, yeah. The way it borrows. Pays homage, maybe nice. is a kinder way of putting it to Seven, to Zodiac, as mentioned before. Yep. It's very obvious. Like, you're, you're watching it mm-hmm. just like, gee, this is this is very Seven. Very, very and, Seven. And obviously, like, Seven's one of my all-time favourite films. So, the fact that they borrowed from it and Matt Reeves did it very well, just super double thumbs up to that, I thought- like you said, like you said, it, the grimy look of it, the way it was presented to us, lots of darkness mixed with lots of orange and red throughout the film. I think it was a very uh, unique looking Batman film. Robert Pattinson is really good. Yeah, like, I enjoyed his performance as Bruce Wayne. Not no, sorry, not not even Bruce Wayne. Like as Batman, and that's another thing that I really liked about this is that there's bugger all Bruce Wayne in this. Bruce Wayne is the mask in this film. This this is a Batman movie, not yeah. a Bruce Wayne movie. Yeah, and that's yet another positive for me. I love how much Batman is actually in this film because yeah. you know what well, you know one of the I mean don't get me wrong I'm not I'm not here to hang shit on the Nolan films I love the Nolan films but definitely one of its detractors is some of the movies Batman is not featured all that often Dark Knight Rises yeah but he is all over this film like from yeah. the first scene you get him a lot another positive we don't get like year one Batman. Right, Batman Begins yeah. is the perfect showing of a year one Batman. This is year two, right? This is we don't need to see his parents die. We don't need to see him. Yeah, we know all that making the suit, all that, all that stuff that has been tread over and done to perfection already. I'm glad they skipped that, but they kept him still a new, newer Batman. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean we're talking about performances. Robert Pattinson, like I said, was great. Uh, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Colin is just, Farrell, holy shit! I, I, what a transformation! I would argue he steals every scene he's in. He is he is so Absolutely. good in this. Like when I, when I was watching, it just you know it's, this is a dark film, and maybe this is why he stands out even more because he is a humorous character. He definitely. You know, any laughs that can be had in this film are from him. He is so, so over the top and his his makeup's fantastic. And, you know, there's that actor that looks similar to how he looks with the Penguin. People are like, oh, why did I just use this guy? <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, he's, he's 
He's so oh, good. Um, Richard Kind. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's not just about the looks. It's about the performance. And I don't think Richard Kind could have pulled off a Penguin performance like Colin Farrell did in this movie. Definitely not. Definitely not. No, nah, he's, he's fantastic. You said the humor of Colin Farrell in this movie. Contrast that to just the absolute sheer menace and fear of Paul Dano as the Riddler in this movie. I think he's also equally as good in his role that he plays here. Yeah, Paul Dano is great. He's... He's so weird, right? This this role's just and plays perfect. Yeah, yeah, he does. But I mean, I think the introduction to the Riddler is one of my favourite scenes. That first scene where we see him watching, and then we see this this sort of drawn out scene of the guy watching the TV, and then he moves at one point, and he's just standing right behind him. I was like, yep. oh man, chills! Like this guy is actually scary. Uh, in this film, and, and yeah, I, th- I thought it was a fantastic rendition from him and a great performance from Paul Dano. I think Zoe Kravitz is very good in this film. I also think Jeffrey Wright is is good. Like, I don't think he's a standout, but I think he plays his part well. Yeah, no, I, I really like Jeffrey Wright in this. I think, yeah, it's not so much the performance, it's more the dynamic and chemistry he has with the Batman here that, that I think is really good. So, nah, it's great. It's great. Did you like the score? Talked about Giacchino before. Yeah, the score is the score's fine. I, I wasn't in love with it, but you know, I thought it was fine. I enjoyed it when it was on, but it wasn't just a wow, that, that's so good, that's so good. I I liked it. Yeah, I, I really liked it to the point where I looked it up on Spotify, played it a few times, which yeah. is I know you do that. I think a reasonable amount. It's true. I almost never listen to scores or soundtrack or stuff from movies like that on Spotify. So, yeah, I definitely want to hear it. I want to hear the the Nirvana song and get into that, which I, I think it's it's really the main song. It could be the only song they actually play, but they play it twice in the film, once at start, once at the end. I think it's, yeah, yeah. It's, it really does bookend the film very well. We talk about, or you talk, spoke about the dynamic between Batman and Gordon in this film. I, I, I do like the dynamic between Batman and Catwoman in this film as well. I think they play off each other very well in those scenes where they're just together talking about what it, all the stuff they're talking about. I think Pattinson and Kravitz do a very good job when they're on the screen together. Yeah, I agree. I think at the end when she's sort of asking him to go with her, I thought that was re- a really good scene. And I think they... They really did pull that off quite well because you you can believe that he wants to. He's such a torn up character and he he wants to be someone else, but he knows he just can't at this point. So I thought that was great. I did mention how this is more of a brooding detective film, but there is there is some action in this film and the action that they show is great. That car chase between Batman and the Penguin oh, on the freeway it is, is incredible. So, it really incredible. Like again, you're more into car chases in films than I am. But man, this one got me going. That that shot yeah. where Penguin thinks <laughs> he thinks he's gotten away. He's like, ah, ha, ha, and then through the flames, through the flames. Yeah, it's so great. There's yeah, there's a there's a lot to love about this film. You got any other good stuff you want to point out? Uh, I also love all the Easter eggs and you know the the nods to fans, the stuff that's in this film that if you know it. You see it and you're like, oh, wow, look, you know, look at that reference to Hush, for example. Like, you see that sort of yeah. stuff and it's like, oh, how cool. Like, it really feels like, even though it's just this one film, it feels like a world has really been lived in here. Yeah. And there's so much there's so much more going on that that they, you know, can explore in future films. Yeah, I, I, I do really like the, the Easter eggs of it all. Maybe that's just fan service, but as a big Batman fan, 
I I feel quite serviced. Hendo. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna lap it all up. Yeah. All right, Hendo, your time to shine. Dislikes. What didn't you like about it? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're not gonna say anything here, are you? Ah. Uh... Give give me a chance to think about it. Okay. It maybe goes for a little bit too long. Maybe goes for a little bit too long. I feel like the third act more towards when it gets into the flooding and that, I think it goes on for a bit too long there. Okay. Right. Yeah. I disagree. I, I, I could feel it by that point. I, I know disagree. you're going to disagree. Yeah, I, I disagree. Of course I'll, you do. I, I was not ever. Oh, actually, I do have a dislike. I do have a dislike. Oh, wow. You ready? Are we looking at a 4.5 here? <laughs> My dislike is I wish there was no Joker in this at all. And okay, I know, yeah, I know right. they I don't go with that. I know they don't outright say it in this film. Oh, but you know it's it so is. obvious, you know, it's so obvious yeah. that it that it is meant to be the Joker. We just don't need it. We really don't need it. So I'm glad they cut that scene. And I'm also glad they released it afterwards so we could see it. But I <laughs> I I really hope the Joker is not a main villain moving forward in because uh, they've said it's a trilogy in either film. I really don't want- I feel like it's going to happen. I feel like it's going to as well. And I really just- We don't need it. We don't need to see the Joker again. No, I, it's going to happen, Dean. Yeah. And I'm sure I'll love it when it does. But right now, Hendo, I don't need it. Give me something yeah, else. I, I, you have less bads than me. Of that. I, I, I really don't have a lot of negativity to say about this film. I, I think we all know what you're going to give it, Dean. Uh, Yeah. Do you want me to say what I'm going to give it? Are we final yes. thoughting this? Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's it's really really good. I just I just this is this is what I wanted. I love that it's completely different. Like it's not it's not Nolan. It's not Burton. It's not Ben Affleck's. Like this is who directed Batman vs Superman? Is that Snyder? Yes. Yeah. No, I just I love how how good this is, and I'm so excited for where this can go. And I love I love where this film leaves Gotham as well, flooded in tatters. Yep. And I oh god, how have we not said I love the the arc that this Batman has, where you know the first scene where he's beating up these thugs, and the guy he's there to save is scared of him, terrified of him, thinks he's going to get beaten up as well. Yeah. And you go to the very last scene, and the people he saved. Are like holding on to him, like they're 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 so happy he's there, and he's just like, okay, maybe maybe the way I was going about it before doesn't work, especially as well when the Riddler thugs are like, yeah, I'm vengeance, you know. He's like, God yeah. damn it, you stole my line. <laughs> yeah, that's the growth of Batman in this movie. Yeah, I think he has a really good character arc in this film. It's not just a a story that is about the villains or a story about how cool Batman is. Like, this is someone, this, you know, the Batman is not just a costume. This is a character and this character yeah. has growth. And, yeah, the way they're able to show it through various means under this big suit of armour is is really, really great. Uh, so, which is why all that combined, this is why this gets... Amazing. Amazing. Incredible. Outstanding. From me, Hendo. Very good, Dean. I didn't expect anything less. For me, it is a little bit less. I give this four and a half stars. I, it ticks all the boxes that I wanted. A really, really enjoyable, entertaining film in that dark, brooding sense. It's top notch. I really, really, really love this film. Good work, Matt Reeves. Great work, Matt Reeves. And that's it for our review of The Batman. Now, I don't know when this is getting released. I don't know how many movies have been released before this, but uh, from where we're at, we've, we've already done... I think it's three or four movies that haven't been released yet by this point. So I can't even tell you what's just come out or what's going to come up next. They'll see it, Hendo. Yeah, 
we've got plenty of movies that we've got ready to go. That we've got ideas. There'll be a movie coming out next week for you, whichever one it is. We hope you enjoy that one coming up and we hope you enjoyed this review of Batman. So thank you very much and we'll see you next week for whatever the bloody hell we're putting out next. Bye. <laughs>